Oh, good morning, Rock Bible Church. Boy, that was um, a little emotional just to even watch that right now, because uh, we just literally pulled in uh, less than 24 hours ago and then took the vans back and the whole thing. But uh, what a great, great uh, trip. And I'm just uh, I'm so proud of you as a church, because uh, really what we do down there is only because of what you do here. You know, if, if we're not an existing church and healthy and raising funds and do, de, donating our time and, you know, blocking out the schedule to go and do those things, you know, we can't accomplish uh, what we accomplished down there. And you can see some of those pictures in the construction. We're not doing little projects. There, it, It's real work. There's real boards, a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting, the whole thing. And uh, I would just love for you at some point to have that experience to meet Edgar or Adela or any of these people that work down there year-round with uh, Real Life Ministries and Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck. It's just a, it's a great ministry. And then the church uh, that we went to this year for VBS with uh, Lula and, uh, and her daughter and then everything that uh, we got to experience with uh, that little church is just, just wonderful. And so... Um, enjoy the pictures, feel good, but no, words cannot express and pictures can't convey what actually happened down there. And to uh, just to see Marcelina, she was the one holding the cake that we gave the house to and the keys and um, watching Chuang hand the keys to her and, and, uh, and bless her um, was wonderful, was wonderful. So um, amen to God. Yeah. And, and thanks for your, yeah, there you go. Right on. Good work. Um, and then we, I mean, we have to mention it. Jan Ash, just every year she coordinates us two trips, uh, a year for the last several years, it, the organization and the whole thing. And, you know, uh, she brings Megan in and Brent in to do some of the stuff to help organize. But, um, you have no idea what you have in our missions director and some of our staff and just want to honor them while we can. Amen. Uh, so, had a great time. Let's get moving forward because there's a little bit to cover today. Okay. Uh, uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I We have in the back, I hope... Um, and this is a little bit just to taunt the people that stayed home. We have dad's root beer and beef sticks for the first time. Just lovely. I mean, I guess if you get in your car and drive down here, you could still get one. I don't know. I'm going to be eating them as fast as I can. So we'll see if they last. But uh, just a fun way to honor dads uh, today. And um, I just wanted to have a little fun. Uh, who has the oldest son? in the room who's who's been dad the longest now i'm i know i'm going to lose this but for example i have a 22 year old right so i've been a dad for 22 years any anyone else in the room nobody calling in or emailing yeah 39 239s you, that's really that's really pretty good right there yeah you have 339s Oh you, oh, you don't have three yourself. I was like, you had triplets? I, you didn't tell me this story. Okay, you have a, 30, a 39 and a 39. That's awesome. Okay, we're going to call that the winners. We don't have rules that are that stringent at this church. <laughs> Do you see me? Right? I mean, look at this. Uh, Hey, so uh, we're going to call all three of you winners. And uh, good news, we have a, 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 a prize for this. Actually, uh, beef sticks and root beer in the back. <laughs> so enjoy that, right? And uh, just to make sure everybody knows, those, I mean, they're in honor of dads, but everybody should have one, right? So we're just not, there's no limits. Everyone can, ha and take two if you want. We'll, we'll get more, um, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, there's enough that I will have more than one for sure. Um, and then I just want to acknowledge a couple things uh, on Father's Day. Uh, some people were not fortunate enough to have a dad. Some, some moms functioned as dad for a while. 
right? And uh, heart goes out in honor and respect to you and those that, that did that, right? And having a little bit of experience with some of that in my own family is important, right? What's it take to raise a kid? I don't know. I'm sure not sure I'm done. <laughs> um, but if I can turn the corner just a little bit, this week was a little weird for me. My youngest turned 18. No more kids. So I'm sending out an official letter signed. Um, they're all cut off from now on. That's it. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, but it was a little, a little uh, interesting to see Thursday, uh, Marissa turned 18, and I just had one of those weird moments, like, because we're in Mexico for it and the whole thing, and so there's a lot of distractions. But thinking to myself, wow, three kids through 18, praise God, you know? So um, I hope that you will honor Dad today in some way, uh, even if he's no longer around. Um, but uh, take a moment, have a meal, go to a movie, whatever it is. I mean, that's what I would do. I would go to a movie, and that, that's acceptable, right? Uh, give him a call, write him a note, send him a song, whatever. Um, and, if he's, and if he's remote, he'll really, really appreciate that. Um, it's important that we love our neighbor, right? Didn't he say, God, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor? Yes, who one of your closest neighbors is? Mom. But dad kind of counts too, right? <laughs> okay. So um, I want to make sure we mention that before we get going. Um, and then uh, I would like to in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome you to Rock Bible Church. We are a Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. And we're compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship. I think I'm displaying that this morning. Uh, be in a community that serves a greater community. And I want to say those three things just happened for a week in Mexico in a lot of different ways. And I want to make sure that we um, reiterate that we are trying to do these kind of things in our children's ministry, in our adult ministry, what we do for missions or outreach, uh, what we do with our budget and our elder board, our deacons, all our volunteers, what we do in Sunday service. I mean, this is why we're here. And uh, I, I had some good moments this week just watching what was going on. In fact, uh, yesterday we, we got home unloaded, and then after everybody else went home, there was about four of us that had to take the rental vans back across the bay to South San Francisco and then drive home and then unload the stuff at my own house, and then it's time for dinner, and then dinner's over, and he finally, end of the night, Julie and I were sitting out on the porch, just the two of us, just kind of like, ugh, so tired, and just had a fun little conversation just about uh, where have we been, and what did we just get to experience? Um, I'm, I, for me, it was very much about more, more than just uh, raising kids or being part of a church, but the walk with God over time. What does that do? Um, uh, newsflash, that's a commercial for Hosea chapter 14, okay? Because Hosea chapter 14 has been spinning in my head for two weeks now. I uh, did a little prep work on this prior to going to Mexico so that we'd be ready for this morning. But we're finishing our book of Hosea. We started a while back. We tend to do a chapter a week. I know there was one week where we did seven and eight together. Um, but we're going to wrap up this prophet. And I wanna, want us to look back a little bit uh, to the beginning of the book and how we started it. And then I want us to obviously look at chapter 14 and how Hosea and God finish up this message uh, to his people. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll jump in. Lord, thanks for this experience that we had this week. Thanks for all the people involved. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to bless some. Mostly, Lord, thanks for your involvement, your planning, your guidance, your protection. Uh, as the passage is going to say in a few minutes, for us to be in your shadow 
this week. May we seek that regularly and then enjoy the blessings that come out of a full pursuit of you. May our time now in your word work us towards that. Help us to enjoy it, be challenged, maybe convicted, but draw us closer to you through your word. Guide us through your spirit and may it honor your son Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Hosea chapter 14 verse 1. Uh, only uh, nine verses today. Right? What can he say in nine verses? Uh, he starts with the great, great word. Return. Um, in fact, uh, if you get out your outline and look at the top, it says Hosea chapter 14. And then what's it say? What's the title? One last turn. This is Hosea finishing his prophecy to the people. God obviously inspiring it. And, and what's the closing word to them? He says, return. Uh, we've looked at probably about 11 chapters or more, 11 to 12 chapters of Hosea explaining, look, you're on the wrong path. You, you keep doing these things that go this direction. And Many, many analogies about when you go this way, this is what happens. When you neglect this, this is what happens. This chapter, he's going to say, here's what happens when you return. And I, and I want us to kind of remember the way that Scripture is written many times. This, rather than saying you should return, or if you return, or when you return, this will happen. There's not a conditional statement. It's not an invitation. There's another phrase we use for these kind of statements. When somebody says, return, what have they just given you? A command. It's an order. Uh, in fact, in language, they like to make things sound fancy. So they call it an imperative. You know, sometimes you get in a really intense conversation somebody said it's imperative that you listen to me right now like you must you have to uh he's saying you, you have to return oh israel uh and not just return anywhere return where to the lord your god for you have stumbled because of your iniquity this is um I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but this phrase here, this, you have stumbled because of your iniquity, this is, this is not a, I was walking along and I, I stubbed my toe on a screw that was sticking out of the side of the wall and a construction, this is kind of an accident. It was a mistake. That's one type of stumble. This stumble because of your iniquity is you have purposely gone the wrong direction and your stumbling is not um, accidental coincidence. It is a natural progression of what will happen when you go the wrong way. It's like you go by the pool and you walk along the edge of the pool and, and then, then there's steps and then you get to the steps of the pool and you step down into the first step and you're, whoa, it's water, it's wet. You step down another step and, oh, it's up to my knees. And you start going down and it gets more uncomfortable and, and then... It would be just irrational for you to say, how'd I get wet? Now, if you're walking by the edge of the pool and somebody pushes you in, that's an accident. That's a mistake. But when you purposely seek out water and complain about being wet, well, that's, that's an equation for crazy, right? And, and he's saying, stop, stop this. Stop pursuing things that you know will mess you up. Uh, and when you return, verse 2, return and take with you words. We got another imperative, another command, another. Take with you words. What's he saying? When you return, I want you to talk about it. I want you to say something. Okay, let's figure out what he's supposed to say. Ret and return to the Lord. Uh, by the way, twice now we've, we've seen return now. Okay, that's going to come back in a bit, and I think there's a fun little surprise with that. And say to him, 
When you return, who are you turning to the Lord, right? Turn to the Lord. And this is who we're going to, who's him is the Lord, right? This is what we're going to say to him. God, take away all iniquity. That's a little bit. Shouldn't there be a please in there? Or could you? Or uh, if you want to get like old English fancy, oh, that you would take away all iniquity. Did, did God just give us an imperative to give him back an imperative? Did he just command us to command him? Whoa, that's a little weird. Do you get to command God? I don't want to answer that question, Scott. <laughs> Please tell us this is not the interactive portion of the morning. Um, why would he say, tell God, hey, take away all iniquity? God must be okay with that. There's some things that you can command of God, and it's right in his wheelhouse. It's the path that he wants you to be on. Now, are those negative things? No. Are those sinful things? No. Are there selfish? No. But when you are about to do what God specifically wants you to do in detail, He's, at, he's totally okay with you going full force in that direction. Take away all iniquity. This iniquity right from verse 1. That's my, take that out of me, God. Accept what is good. Like Keep the good parts, God. Don't totally destroy me. Keep the parts that are kind of on track. And then the stuff that needs to be removed, remove it. And when, watch this. And we will pay with bulls. Bulls? What? What's going on there? Shouldn't that say we will pay with bills? Change, change that one letter. No, we're going to pay with bulls. What's going on here? If you had to pay a debt back in that culture, let's say you had to go make sacrifice at the temple. If you didn't have much, in fact, if you're really poor, you might bring a little bit of grain, a grain offering. Why? Because that's what you can afford and it's about all you have. If you have a little more, what would you bring? A, a, a drink offering? Something you could pour? Maybe if you're really doing pretty well, you know, because you could pour like oil or something like that. Not, not as expensive, you know, not too bad. Uh, but maybe, maybe you could offer like a bird. Now we're getting into sacrifices or burnt offerings. Oh, what about something a little bit bigger than that? A lamb. What's the biggest thing that you could offer? The most expensive, the most costly, the most difficult to get up the hill and actually into the temple. What's the most you could offer? How'd you guess that? When God says, hey, return to me, command me to take away your iniquity, when you do it, here's what I want you to say to me. Make a commitment to me that you will come full force with the best, most expensive, most costly, time-consuming, inconvenient. Show me your full commitment. It's a great, great little thing. Uh, painful though well what does that mean for us today what would i have to give up great question good luck on um exploring that all right take away all iniquity accept what is good and we will pay with bulls next slide the vows of our lips make vows to me god says Make a deal with me. Eh, more than a deal. Make a promise. Eh, more than a promise. Let's make a covenant. Let's make a covenant today. This is what you're going to do. Return. Does God get what he wants? Now you can return, say the right things, and bring a bull, or you can learn the hard way. If returning means you have to vow and you have to bring a bull and it's difficult, how much harder is the hard way? you think even more painful watch this assyria shall not save us this is what they're still saying to god this is a confession and admission who were they putting their trust in let's have our country make a deal with assyria and let's see if they can make us prosper maybe they can be our benefactor 
Do you think that's offensive to God? Say yes. Said, uh, Syria's not going to save us. Um, Don't worry. We don't do anything like that today. I'm going to get a bigger job. I'm going to get into this relationship. I'm going to go do these things. And then I'll be doing well. God wants us to redefine what well looks like and where well comes from. What is good and who provides good. It's not Assyria. It's not from riding horses. You know, if we just had horses in our army, then we'd do better. We'd be more efficient. We could conquer more things. This was the problem. Is from the east, they would come and they'd bring horses. And some of Israel thought, well, we need to get horses too. Does God want them to win because they got horses? Or does God want them to win because they have God? They have God. You heard any stories in the Bible about Israel or Judah um, with horses? Nope. Who wins those battles? God does. Well, wouldn't he want us to have horses? I mean, horses are great. Does he hate shaming horses? No. There's nothing wrong with horses. But on his agenda of showing them who's God and when are you provided and protected and and that comes from God, well then we need to take the bazookas out and the horses and poison or anything else you could use to win and say, all right, God, put this in your hands. You win this. What have you done that with in your life? What have you put in God's hands, laid at his feet, and said, I'm going to step back? Well, that's very passive-aggressive, Scott. You should really be proactive. In fact, men's fraternity said we're supposed to reject passivity. I get that. But at what point do you recognize that you're trying too hard and you need to step back and let God's efforts be the ones that solve something? Especially the ones that you have started to figure out you really have no control over? That was the weird thing about three kids past 18. I really had no control. Praise God for what he did. Right? They're still alive and I'm still alive. Now, I lost my hair through the process, but let's be grateful for what we did get. Um, We shall say no more, our God, in quotes, to the work of our hands. I will no longer be impressed with what I can accomplish, what I can build. Because where's the attention go to then? Self. I'm not giving Assyria credit. I'm not giving resources credit. I'm not giving myself credit. In you, the orphan finds mercy. That's kind of a weird sentence to put at the end. Not really. What's an orphan have? Give me a little more than that. No parents? Thank you, Ashley. What's an orphan have? Less than the ladies at Casa Esperanza this week. Less than the lady that we just gave the kids, at least that we just gave a house to. Those three kids have a mom, and they have a house now. What do orphans have? Absolutely nothing. Can you win with absolutely nothing? Not in this culture, but in God's culture. He says, ooh. I'm going to get all the credit when you succeed. Now, is that a little egotistical on God's part? Or is it a great learning lesson for reality? I've been pushing this for, uh, well, most of this book study with us on Sunday mornings, that there's something about reality that God does with us Reality is not what you make it. Reality is predetermined by God, and many of God's efforts are meant to shine light on what really is. One of the great things about the cross is that Christ um, illuminated what's really going on. Who is God? What is He capable? What are the limits of sin? What are the limits of man? This is reality, folks. God wants to do that for each of us. He wants to show us who's really in control. 
what are resources and what is their value because we overvalue them what are relationships because we overvalue them a relationship with Assyria that's not the most important thing your relationships that you have are not the most important thing how can you say that Scott you rail about family and how important it is and Oh, you're such a family guy and the whole thing and never divorce and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I do that. But what's most important? There is a hint. We're at church. I just asked a question. God and Jesus are the most important thing because without them, all that family stuff that I do value falls apart. Really? But can I get mercy? It's not going to come through my family. Trust me, I've met them. <laughs> my mercy comes from the Lord, right? And then, the, see there, the quotes, the end quote after mercy? That's our speech is over, of our speech that we're meant to give back to God. Hey, take away my iniquity. Help me to see that it's not some entity that's going to come and save me. It's not uh, some resource like a horse it, or, or my bank account or this next job that, where I got a promotion, my power, and not the things that I can accomplish with my hand. Do this for me, Lord. Let me be like the orphan where I trust only in you. Now speech is over. Usually when one person says, in a conversation, one person talks, when they're done, it's the other person's turn, right? Here comes God now, speaking to Hosea, where he says, I will what? Verse 4, I will heal. What's God like? He heals? Okay, all right, good. I will heal their apostasy or their sickness, illness of going after wrong things, right? The basic generic language, right? I can fix that for you. I will what? Love them at a cost or freely. This is great news for the orphan. Remember him two lines ago? I have nothing, God. Sweet. This is exactly the equation that I want. Because when you bring your stuff, it gets in the way. This is a true concept of life. We just went to Mexico with 27 people and there was way too much stuff right? what everybody do? They brought a bunch of stuff. I'm going to stop there. because <laughs> Verse 4, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. Next slide. For my anger has... What? Ooh. Is this the third time we've seen this word? First two times it was about us. Return. Who's turning now? For my anger has turned from them. God have a temper? No, we're all going to answer this one, folks. All right, we're that kind of church. Does God have a temper? Yes. If he does, we want it turned another direction. Right? I mean, he's undefeated. Those that have crossed him have done very poorly. Right? But if I, if I return to him, is this a promise? He, he will withhold his anger or turn it away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. We need a little moisture in the morning when we're in the wilderness or we got lack of water. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty will, shall be like the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. I, I had a weird um, moment reading through this part of it. It's like, what's being said? Um, I'm going to provide for you water. You're going to blossom, which that means you, when a flower blooms, that's, what's the point of that? Just to be attractive? To attract bees or something to help pollinate? So water, you're going to be attractive. Take root, that means you're going to be founded, grounded, stable, your shoots will spread out. You're going to multiply or expand. Uh, beauty again. He, does he just mention beauty twice? Okay, because now I got issues, God. Right? I mean, you took my hair away, but then you say beauty twice. I, this is 
incongruent, okay? Beauty shall be like the olive. And fra- smell good too? It's great news for all of us dads, right? Dads, if you don't have uh, cologne, get some, all right? Uh, he shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. If you're in the shadow of something, how close are you? So you're super close. And um, I want to take us back several weeks ago. One of um, the concepts was this idea of chasing shade. When, when chasing shade is your most important thing, then you just run around trying to find where shade, never asking what's providing the shade. Shade is always the shadow of something. And God says, make sure you don't chase shade. Make sure you chase shadow, namely mine. It's such a brilliant analogy. Shade or shadow. right? It's not a fill-in, but you probably should write it down. Am I, great question to ask. Am I, am I in shade, but not in shadow of His? Right? That's a great... Uh, measure for anything that we involve ourselves in so um, they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow uh, verse 7 next slide they shall flourish like the grain they shall blossom like the vine their fame shall be like the wine of lebanon how many different types of things is god promising here i mean is it meant to be just like eight things or do you get the sense that he's trying to give you a comprehensive list that's meant to really say, I'm going to provide everything? I think that's what's going on. Oh, Ephraim, what do I have to do with idols? We talked a couple chapters ago about God saying, look, idols, there's no such thing. You make them, you use them, you pursue them, but they're not real. They're pieces of wood and pieces of stone. There's nothing there. They don't exist. He says, I don't play with idols, but you guys do. And watch what he says here. It is I who answer and look after you. I think what's going on here is he says, you know, sometimes when you've pursued idols and thought that it was working because you had some image that you gave attention and something came later and you thought, oh, look, this idol worked and I'm going to keep doing this idol thing. God says, yeah, in the midst of that, I was the one who looked after you. Not your idol, not your fake ideas and your irrational. When it goes well, I'm the one that does it. Even when you go about it the wrong way because you use idols that aren't real. (laughs) Even when you are unreal, real shows up. This is, again, another look at God saying, this is what reality is. I am the hand of providence. Provision. I am like an evergreen cypress. Evergreen means what? For those of us who are not into botany. How often is it green? Ever. (laughs) It's evergreen, right? So uh, does God ever go away? No. Any guesses on whether cypress is like a little insignificant plant or of a massive tree? He's massive and he's always there. Can he cast a shadow? Yeah, you can provide so many different things. Uh, From me comes your fruit. And then here's verse uh, 9. This And this is, like, for me, just the head of it. And it's the last thing said in the whole book and in this chapter. It's at the top of your outline. Whoever is wise... Let's, let's take a poll. Let's, um, wise? wise any, anybody? Raise your hand if you're wise. I'm at home. Raise your hand if you're wise. Right? I think I'm, I'm not. Or maybe I am. And was wearing this shirt wise or unwise? See, I, I don't know. Is this really asking who are the wise people among you? Well, let's see. Wise, that'd be, have to be like a small group. So let's go like the 10 top 10% of the smartest people in the group who qualifies. Is that what's going on here? Or how about whoever would be wise? Those that pursue wisdom. Now, can all of you raise your hand and say, I I, I pursue wisdom? Yeah, you do. I could prove it if we had more time. 
but you chase wisdom and all kinds of stuff. When you really want something, you find the app, you figure out how to load it, and you figure out how it works, and then you get what you want. So you're all plenty smart, right? If you want potatoes, you know where to find them. You'll go get them, right? There's wisdom out there. Then let him understand these things. Which things? The whole previous 14 chapters. Everything that God has said. Say, look, if you want to be wise, it's right here. Whoever is discerning, same kind of thing. You want to be able to differentiate. That means compare two different things and find out how they're different. Okay? guess my psych degree did give me something. Differentiation. Um, if you want to be able to do that, let him know them. How do you understand things and how do you know things? Well, through repetition, if you repeat them enough times, then you'll have them memorized. Is memorized the same as understanding them or knowing them? Right? I mean, our Father who art in heaven. Okay, you got that memorized, but do you, do you really still, what's hallowed mean? Oh, don't do that to me, Scott. <laughs> right? There's, there's a time where you had that memorized, and then there was a later date where you started to figure out what that meant. What did hallowed actually mean? Right? How do you know and how do you understand? Here, he's about to give us the answer. For the ways of the Lord are right. Amen? And the upright, or those who would choose the upright, walk in them. How do you understand and how do you know? Practice. Time. Attempts. And getting around people that do. Do you know how I get wiser and more understanding and know more things? I hang out with Nick. No, I watch all the mistakes that Nick makes and then I learn from him. No. Uh, no, there's wisdom there. There's time. There's experience. There's attempts at certain things. right? And just because he's here and because we started the analogy, I mean, let's embarrass him a little bit. We, we've had some projects around this church and he's into construction and all that kind of stuff. And there's times where Brent and I and several others are standing there scratching, oh, what do we do? <laughs> and Nick walks in and goes, oh, easy. Ding, 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 ding. And we're like, wow. Was it brilliant? Yes, for us. It's every day for him. This is normal. Your relationship with the Lord could be like that. Or it's every day. And brilliant becomes the norm. Whoa. The upright walk in them over time with experiences and um, experiments. I want to go back to earlier. He told us to command him. Start that experiment today. Start giving God some commands. Now the ones you get wrong, you'll learn from. But there's a little bit of God saying, well, at least we're talking now. And let me show you how this really works, right? But transgressors, stumble in them. The stumble, I was back from verse 1 of this chapter. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen? Amen. Uh, one last turn. He's saying, let's return to God. It gives us two commands in the first two verses. Um, and, and I want to suggest this idea. What if it was your last turn? What do you mean my last turn? I don't get more turns? No, no, no. Don't go all negative on me. What if you turned back to Him and that turned back to Him, that was your last turn. You never turn away again. We wander, we step on the border, or just over the, oh, I'm almost going to fall off that ledge. That Jan, I, why, don't, why would you even walk next to a ledge like that? I mean, that's crazy. It's like, no, death walk? No thanks. I think I'll be over here on the fun yakking. Um, I think this is part of what God is getting at in this book of Hosea. It says, go marry a prostitute. You're going to have a kid. Name that kid, God will sow. If God sows something, is it going to take time for it to 
spring and root and grow and the whole thing. How about during that whole time you never turn? You never turn away. That's what our relationship with the Lord was meant to be like. In fact, Jesus, right the night he was betrayed, took the disciples and said, here, drink this, eat that, this is this, and this is the other, and do this as often as you do in remembrance. Why? So there's no more turning. No more turning. How do we do that? Well, you dedicate your time, money, and resources, and you go to Mexico regularly. No, that's not it. Um, here's, here, here it is. A couple, three fill-ins here. God takes many turns to draw you to your turn. You recognize this? Well, remember I said, is, is God making us some promises? How many promises is He making? You said, oh. And I said, is that just a list of like eight things? Or do you think that's meant to be some comprehensive list that meant, meant to say everything? How many times has God turned for you? Turned this? Turned His anger away? Turned you into something that looks good? I mean, let's, uh, let's be honest. We all need a little help with that one, huh? Some of us need a little more help when we, when we need to smell good. How many times has God turned things for you? Helped you with a relationship? Showed you to pursue something that you were kind of doubting? Gave you the guts to ask you, will you marry me? Um, did He take a turn for you up there on the cross? Absolutely. God turns more things for us than we could ever turn for Him. Why does He do it? He says, return. I do all those turns, God speaking. Uh, God does all those turns so that we can have our one turn. Your turn. And in fact, if, if, if you've never started a relationship with the Lord, that might be the way to say it. Lord, turn me to You and keep me from now on. Today I turn to you. The underlines. What's the three words of the underline? Takes your turn? What takes your turn? All this stuff that we could experience, what does it take? It takes your turn. He's done all the turns that need to happen, and then it's just like, all right, it takes your turn to get that started. How long are we going to wait for that? <laughs> well, I just want to see about some of these other things, and when I straighten out some of this other stuff in my life, no, 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 no it'll never straighten. You're focusing on what you can do, have done, where you came from, what you are missing or you have yet to understand. And God's saying, ah, wrong focus. Look at what I've done, right? Verses 4 through 8 each have different things, and I would argue that there's even more, and that's why we get the command in verses 1 and 2 of return. Return. Uh, second thing in our last turn, our agendas dead end into God's answers. I hate this one. Our dead ends, our agenda is dead end into God's answers. What's that mean? The things that you pursue outside of God, do they end? Yes. How do they end? Dead. <laughs> right? And then what's the, what's the splash of reality, the injection of reality, like shots hurt, right? This is going to pinch a little, right? Or... Even worse, when, when God has to course correct us, can that be painful? Yeah. Sometimes it happens through divorce, addiction, hospitalization. You lose your health. You lose all, all that relationship. All kinds of different ways. Bankruptcy. My family. When you, when you go on your own path, it is a dead end. Period. And God's answers will show up regardless. Hey God, can we just do the answers part and skip the dead end? Why, yes. I'm so glad you asked. Let's do blossoming and fragrance and fun stuff. Right? Um, what's the underlines here? That's what you have. Dead end answers. 
you have dead end answers. Right? Verse 8 makes that clear. Um, and then lastly, find the blessing and wisdom of his shadow through the costly walk of your turn. I went to um, a church, a great church, when I was young. My friend said, hey, come to youth group. We're in middle school. I'm like, youth group, what is that? Don't worry about it. There's girls there. Sweet, let's go. <laughs> right? So we show up and we start doing church. And the guy in the front says, hey, you know, we're all sinners. We all make mistakes, but that can be fixed. Christ died for you. Who wants to do that? Raise your hand. I'm like, me. We're a new creation now, and I left. That week... I was the same little boy, and I knew it. A week later, I came back to youth group. I'm not worried about the girls anymore. I raised my hand, I made a decision, and I totally messed it up all week. And the guy up front, hey, if you want to have a relationship with God, raise your hand. I'm like, sweet, second chance. Raise my, I accepted Christ twice in eight days. And pastor pulls me aside and says, uh, Hey, Scotty, I, I just want to make sure you understand. Once you accept him, you're in. That's it. You've accept, you don't have to keep doing it. I know, but I made a bunch of mistakes, and I did some bad stuff. And, you know, he says, right. But now the goal is how do you get better? How do you work on it? How do you think about him, follow him, and inc start incorporating him into your life? The decision, right? To get in his shadow, that's just an instant. And our church, four years, that church used to do, I watched it all through middle school, all through high school, all through my college career, as I was an intern. All this big, big push. Hey, if you've never accepted Christ, raise your hand. If I saw, I see you in the balcony. Or raise your hand. All right, if you've never, here's the prayer. Here's the four spiritual laws. Such an emphasis on making that first time decision, that, that turn. To where I was mistaken and thought, oh, that's the whole deal. Well, you just accept Christ, then you have fire insurance. Right? It wasn't like for years later. They started to get into this and realize, um, shadows move. Have you figured this out? Shadows move? Apparently the sun is never stationary. Or the sun's stationary, but the earth is never stationary. We spin, apparently. I'm not going to get into the, into the science of this. But shadows move. God moves. And if you're walking along and staying in the shadow, that's going to take a little effort. That happens over time. We have to figure out that our relationship with God is not a one-time contract or covenant. It's an ongoing walk, and it's difficult. There are doubts along the way. I've been angry many of times, yelled at him, argued at him, and told him I didn't like his decisions. There have been other times when it went really, really well. I can um, name at least three times where we had kids. Those were great days. So there's highs and there are lows, but to try and stay on that path and follow the shadow of where he's going and moving, it's costly. It's exhausting. Why do it? What are the first two big words? Blessing and wisdom. Now, I told you last night, sat on the porch with Julie, and we had this little, just the two of us. It's dark, it's late, it's a tiny bit cold. Those two words were never mentioned last night, but that's what we were talking about. The constant walk, the working at it. The getting up and being at breakfast every single morning in Mexico by 7 o'clock so that you can eat a little bit and then go out all day and get dirty and cut your fingers and stub your toes and bang your knee and get exhausted and dehydrated. and I mean, what, so you can get up and go do it the next day? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point, Scott? The end. What happens at the end of that week? Everybody balls like a baby. It's amazing. It's the best, I mean, one of the greatest things ever. When you hand keys to somebody who doesn't have a house and they go and can't speak. And two of the kids are kind of confused, maybe a little bit crying, but mom can't speak, tears coming down her eyes, and the little boy, well, he's still a little boy, has no idea what's going on. He's goofing around, making faces, running in circles. And watching that and going, it was all worth it. 
on Thursday afternoon when we hand those keys to somebody, what's the last thing any of us are thinking about? The cost. You know, I, I paid a lot of money for this trip. I, I think I should have been able to hand the keys to her. How many people said that to me? Zero. Not a single year. Not a single house. Because when you walk with the Lord, the payoff, the blessing, sometimes even along the way, is so much greater than what we think the cost is. But if you're anything like me, um, you're grumpy and negative and pessimistic, and along the way, you whine. Yeah, we, we were using the word curmudgeon this week. Don't be a curmudgeon. Right? Um, what do you got to do to take that one last turn? You, you, you take that one last turn and then you walk in it. Week one, Hosea chapter one. The title was When God Speaks. And the last point God gathers children of the living God. That's what this book's about. He's gathering children of a living God. Put your shoes on and start walking. Turn that direction and never look back. If you've never done that, start today. Amen? Lord, thanks for this book. Thanks for our time, for the things that you've taught us. More importantly, Lord, thank you for how you are for what's important according to you and your beyond commitment to it, just your absolute control of that. This is what will be important. This is reality and this is how it works. And I pray, Lord, that you would show all of us how to get into that shadow. And then in the midst of the shadow, Lord, that we'd be able to look up and see you as much as possible. Help us with that. We thank you for the offering that we're about to receive, Lord. Pray that you bless it. And thanks for our dads. Dad. Amen. Jose is done. Next week. Romans chapter 1, new series. Uh, until then and beyond, more than just the turn, may you walk in His shadow. Amen? Go with Him. <laughs>